Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. Good to be with you always, always. I pray that you are well and that all manner of things are well. That is a statement that our Lord made to St. Julian of Norwich. Um, He said, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And he said that to her in the midst of great, great trial. And he says it to us as well. Um, Consider it all joy, he says, and he wrote it through Uh, James, St. James, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the perfecting of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, we grow through trials. We grow through trials. There's a story of, oh, I forget. I wish I had it in front of me now. Someone sent it to me. It's so sweet, of a little bird. Uh, I don't know if it's a bird or a butterfly, but um, it was really struggling to fly. And a little girl um, wanted to help it, so it, it was, it was um, in its nest just by a string. It was caught, and the little girl took a scissors, and she cut the string. And when she did that, the little butterfly or bird, I, again, I have to get the story, just curled up and died because... And she was very upset. Papa, why did it, why did it die? I wanted to free it to fly. And he said, because um, the bird needed to struggle uh, to get out of the nest itself. And in doing so, it built up the muscles to fly. When we clipped the, the string, uh, we deprived it of it, what it needed to grow and mature and be strong. It's, I, I, I botched up the example a little bit, but it's a good thing for us. The only way we grow is through trials, through struggle, and that that builds our spiritual muscles. Um, we've been talking about the um, awful educational system in which our children have been raised and are currently being raised. It's never been so bad as it is now without the church, outside the church, and within the church. It has never been so bad. Our children are being indoctrinated into socialism. Um, their, their minds are being destroyed uh, through the government core, C-O-R-E program, which unbelievable to unbelievably to me has been taken in by some catholic schools by sex education that should never be taught to children uh ever by um all kinds of the rewriting of our history books so the children do not know the history history and i've been reading an article in the in the magazine new american i'll show it to you again New American Magazine, and I simply ordered a copy of this edition, not because you couldn't get a subscription, um, but I ordered this particular edition, Rescuing Our Children, and that's what I've been reading from, and um, I'm going to continue where we left off two days ago. Um, The agenda 
that they have, the government have, the public schools has, is sustainable socialism. That's what it is. And this plot to control our children, to destroy the family, to uh, destroy their ability to think, uh, is over 100 years old or longer than that. This is not new, but we are feeling the effects of it today so strongly that we're saying what happened as if it happened overnight, but it has not. It's, as we've said before, like the frog in warm water. The water is already boiling, beloved, and we need to get out. Um, but we've so adjusted to it, like that frog in warm water, that we don't know we're boiling to death. We must get our children out. And parents say, what do I do? My husband works, I work, this, 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 this. Well, if you are fortunate enough, beloved, to have two jobs, to have a two-parent family, one of you needs to be home with your children, or however you need to work it out, you need to take your children out of the evil of the government system and stop turning them over to others to raise. You have been given that vocation and you have no authority from God to turn them over to anyone else. I'll continue the article. Uh, at the point of its, of its speaking now of the agenda, which I said is sustainable socialism. <clears throat> In 1990, amid the U.S. invasion of Iraq, then President George H.W. Bush spoke publicly of what he called a, quote, new world order, end quote. Those are not new words. Our Holy Father's even speaking them. A new world order. This is the minute you hear that term, you can translate it as evil. You can translate it as evil. God did not establish a new world order. He established a religion, um, the religion of, uh, well, the church he established is the Catholic Church. But it is a religion that we have a relationship with him and we are to obey only God. We are to obey only God, and our parents, who follow God, have authority over the children. Um, the schools who teach what God would teach have authority over the children. The church who, teach, who teaches what God would teach has authority. Anyone who departs from what God has given us, the faith, uh, wants to live it to the saints from the scriptures, the teaching that God has given us, any system that departs from that is evil. Whether it's a Catholic school, whether it's a Christian school, whether it's a public school, uh, a private school, uh, any special, to depart from the morals and the teaching God has given is evil, no matter how subtle it is. First, Consider the fact, I'm reading the article now first, consider the fact that the UN's founders included Joseph Stalin, one of history's most brutal tyrants, as well as his U.S. agent, convicted Soviet spy, and first U.N. Secretary General Alger Hiss. Then consider that the new world order would be based on their vision— not the vision of America's founding fathers. And the vision, beloved, of America's founding fathers was the vision that God gave us for, for our lives, 
to worship him, to put God first in all things for our families. Driving God the Creator out of the public schools was crucial to this agenda. The U.S. Declaration of Independence states that inalienable rights come from the Creator. And that the, see, no government can give us rights. They have no right to give us rights. Our rights from, come from the Creator. Our rights come from God. Neither can they tell us, neither can they take away our rights. They cannot. We take away your right to vote. We take away your right to whatever it is. They have no power to do that. They have no power. They didn't give us those rights. They have no power to take them. Government exists to protect these God-given rights, not destroy them, beloved. The founders did not view this as a religious issue, but as a self-evident truth, as they put it, as they put it, a self-evident truth. However, under the guise of separation of church and state, which again does not come from God, the state was formed to protect the church. But under the guise of separation of church and state, this self-evident truth was gradually expelled from public schools along with prayer and the Bible. Instead, children now learn to love the UN's United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Beloved, the UN doesn't give us human rights. All they do is destroy what God has given us, which no man has a right to take away. It, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights is a document outlining revocable privileges that have no basis in a creator. It's false. We have no basis to obey them. We have no order to obey them. And yet our Holy Father has just told us, beloved, that we need to obey the UN. That is evil. We don't obey the UN. We obey Christ, beloved. We know that. Am I speaking against the Holy Father? I don't understand him. I don't know why he speaks this way. I don't know. I can take lots of guesses, but I don't know. But we obey God, not man. We obey God, not man. And we obey man when man obeys God. Today, all manner of false religion is taught in school particularly humanism. Now, am I telling you to disobey the Holy Father? I am not. I'm telling you to disobey what is evil and what is false. Do you obey your parents? You do. When do you not obey your parents? When you don't agree with them? No, you still obey them, whether you agree or not. But when they teach against what God teaches, when they teach you sin, you cannot obey sin. You must not obey sin. Today, all manner of false religion is taught in school, particularly humanism, and increasingly Islam, occultism, paganism, pantheism, atheism, and more. But the self-evident truth of a creator endowing people with inalienable rights is nowhere to be found. Romans chapter 1 says that one is—excuse me, just a moment, beloved— I still have a 
bad cold from yesterday. It's not so bad. It's getting better. Okay. Romans uh, chapter 1 says that man is without excuse because what is known of God is within him. For since the creation of the world, his invisible, his um, invisible attributes, uh, the creation, um, the evidence of God is there because of what has been made. I'm not quoting that verse exactly. And the knowledge of God is within us, inalienable rights given to us from God so that we are without excuse for knowing there's a God. We are without excuse, and every single creature knows because of the conscience within him, the knowledge of God within him, when he's born, he's born with that. He's not born with the specific knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but he's born with the knowledge of God. Everyone has that. Okay, hold on, I'm sorry. In fact, just mentioning the creator of the Bible in a classroom can result in lawsuits and sanctions by rogue federal courts. Excuse me. Meanwhile, children are bombarded with propaganda claiming science supposedly... Excuse me. Beloved, I'm so sorry. I still have the effects of being sick yesterday. And I've got the hiccups, so I'm going to take a little bit of sugar. Hold on. Okay, we're back. I tell you, I bless God for that gentleman who emailed me and said, when you get the hiccups, take a little bit of sugar. It's great. So I have hiccups, I still have my cold, all kinds of things, but we're still together, which is good. Okay, now let me reread this. In fact, just mentioning the creator of the Bible in a classroom can result in lawsuits and sanctions by rogue federal courts. Meanwhile, children are bombarded with propaganda claiming science supposedly proves there is no creator and that they evolved by chance from apes that came from primordial soup over millions of billions of years. No alternative explanations are allowed. Beloved, you think, some people think they can send their children into that evil environment and still teach them the truth at home. Um, You're fooling yourself. Uh, Your children may um, acquiesce. They may say, yes, Mom, yes, Papa, I know there's a God. But they are not unaffected by what they learn in school. And when they're off to college on their own, they will leave a faith they never really knew. There are many other weapons being used to bring about the agenda of the New World Order, celebrated by President Bush. You say, but he was a good president. You need to look at reality here. The agenda of the New World Order celebrated by Bush, by President Bill Clinton, by billionaire George Soros, and so many other deep state insiders. A key example is a U.N. document created in 1992 known as the U.N. Agenda 21, a program of action. 
under the guise of pursuing sustainable development to save the planet, the UN-backed ideology demands fewer people and less freedom. And President Bush signed this mammoth agreement, as he put it in a public speech. He called it a mammoth agreement, while vowing that America would be the world's preeminent leader in protecting the global environment. As this special report will show, this too is inextricably linked to education. Everything is linked to education, beloved. We have to indoctrinate our children. Satan needs to indoctrinate our children to go along with this massive evil plan to destroy God's design for the family. That's what it gets down to. That same year, the U.S. Representative Nancy Pelosi, still in her spot, took the floor of Congress to celebrate, quote, the important work of the U.N. Earth Summit to develop in blueprint Agenda 21 for global environmental action, end quote. She also promoted um, the Honorable um, Resolution 353, Honorable, um, which, as she explained, outlines a comprehensive national strategy for sustainable development in accordance with the principles of Agenda 21, end quote. The next year, President Bill Clinton, who said in public that he agreed with Bush on the need for a new world order, signed Executive Order 12852, creating the President's Council on Sustainable Development. This got the entire federal government involved in imposing Agenda 21-style policies on America. <clears throat> you say you don't know what Agenda 21 is. Me neither, but it explains it here. In Agenda 21, the Earth Summit Strategy to Save Our Planet, that's what it is, the summit, the Earth Summit Strategy to Save Our Planet, globalists made their ambitious plan. Agenda 21 proposes an array of actions which are intended to be implemented by every person on Earth. The document reads, quote, Effective education of Agenda 21 will require a profound reorientation of all human society, unlike anything the world has ever experienced. A major shift in the priorities of both government and individuals. This shift will demand that a concern for the environmental consequences of every human action be integrated into individual and collective decision-making at every level. Obviously, this is big. The UN, and every level, end quote. Obviously, this is big. The UN literally considers the gas you inhale carbon dioxide to be pollution and it goes away, and it goes way beyond the global environment another key tool in the UN agenda 2030 titled uh, quote unquote sustainable development goals like agenda 21 the SDG that is sustainable development goals as they are known demand a fundamental transformation of society 
The 17 goals include national and international wealth redistribution, government control over the production and consumption, climate action, and much more. Agenda 2030 was dubbed, quote, a master plan for humanity, end quote, by top U.N. bosses and the mass murdering dictatorship ruling over mainland China bragged that it played a crucial role in developing it. One Western leader eerily called it the next, quote, great leap forward, end quote. Communist and Islamist dictators worldwide celebrate celebrated the plan. Beloved, this may interfere with your um, uh, your daily routine and um, daily thoughts. It may be too much. You've never really considered this before. Um, but, um, but beloved, um, I don't know how to how to tell you how to um, make this real enough for you, relevant enough for you. This is not something that will come upon us. This has come upon us. And the minute you let go of your children, you are sending them into a world of evil. You say, Mother Miriam, you are so exaggerating. I am not. And that's what the enemy would have us believe, that we're exaggerating. Um, did I, did I, uh, I know that I did tell you about the story of, um, and I've told it to you a while ago, I don't remember how long, of the devil uh, sending out his disciples two by two to mimic Christ, who sent out his disciples two by two. The devil sent them out to tempt people to, to get them away from God. Um, subtly, you know. And so he sent his two little trainees out, and they came back, and they said to the devil, we told him, we told him there was no God. We told him. And Satan said to them, you, you don't even know the first thing. They're not going to believe that. There's no God. That, come on, they know that God exists. They know that. Well, you're not going to do anything. Go out. Go give it a, go do it again. Do better. They went out, and they came back, and they said to him, all right, this time we told him. This time we told him. We told him that... Um, uh, that the, the church isn't true, that it's false, it's run by a bunch of men, the Bible's not God's word. And he said to them, you don't get it yet. They know the church, they're Catholic. They know the church, the true Catholics, they know the church is founded by God. They know the Bible's his word. They know that beneath all the craziness going on today, God will build his church and the gates of hell won't prevail. They know that. Go back again. You don't, ha- you don't understand yet how to tempt people. Well, they came back the third time, and they said to Satan, we told them there was time. He said, now you got it. Now you got it. There's time. Tell them that. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. They got it all correct. They see what's going on. They know it's evil. But there's time. No worry. They, there's time. Let them go on with their lives as it is. Keep an eye out. But there's time. That's it, beloved. That's Satan's lie. There's no time. This is not what's going to happen, beloved. This is what is happening. Okay, let me pick up if I can find where I was. Hold on now. I'm sorry. I lost my spot here. 
Oh, dear, that's not good that I lost my spot. Um, but I did. Here it is. Okay, here we go. It is not enough for the children just to submit to sustainable development. They must be so indoctrinated that they will promote it. The agreement signed by Barack Obama also mandates that children receive education, and you can translate the word education, indoctrination, on everything from gender equality and sustainable lifestyles to global um, citizenship and appreciation of diversity. Agenda 21 contains similar language. In Chapter 36, which focuses on education, it says, quote, education is critical for promoting sustainable development. The agreement reads, adding that environmental and development education needs to be incorporated as an essential part of learning. Both formal and non-formal education are indispensable to changing people's attitudes. Wow, beloved. I, I, I don't know where to start and stop in this article. You can get the magazine yourself, The New American. It is um, Rescuing Our Children. It is the February 2019 edition. If you don't hear this or you don't hear all of it, get that magazine. Um, The Station of the Cross offers online tutorials to help you get the most out of your iCatholic Radio app. You'll be introduced to our latest features and the opportunities available for not only listening to our live stream, but also to a variety of podcasts of our shows, prayers, and special presentations. For these tutorials and more, click on the iCatholic Radio link located on the Stations page of our website, thestationofthecross.com. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Father Yatsuk Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Ignatius of Antioch. Almighty God, we praise you for your bishop and martyr, St. Ignatius, who offered himself as grain to be ground by the teeth of wild beasts, that he might present to you the pure bread of sacrifice. Accept the willing tribute of our lives and give us a share in the pure and spotless offering of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and we now have a whole half hour together, and our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in or text toll-free at 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a call from Karen in New York on the line. Are you there, dear one? Yes. Hi. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, dear Karen. Um, yeah, no question. I just wanted to support what you're saying um, in two of these issues. One regarding the indoctrination of our children in school. My son is 18. He just uh, graduated. We pulled him out of school in the fifth grade going into middle school years here in New York. And it was really by the grace of God, literally overnight, one weekend, I said, we're going to homeschool. Good the for reason you. being was, yeah, because... Um, we had been both in the Catholic school and also in the public school. He was um, diagnosed with attention deficit. And, you know, through that whole process of psychologists, which I believe is an industry within the schools, and the more, quote, patients they can find and diagnose um, that supports, you know, lots of money and things like that and programs. But that aside, um, in the course of doing research and um, learning more about it, one point regarding this local you know in our house issue was the fact that it really did go back to the UN the UN has a as part of their big global plan language and I don't know where it's at now I can't speak intelligently about it but several years ago I had read that there was language about um, children with disabilities and how they would have control over the parental rights of children with disabilities. And I believe the next step is to take children that are diagnosed, they'll call it a disability. So there's many, many, many students that are diagnosed with attention deficit. And if they label them as disabled, we've lost control. That's right. Um, I don't know if you have insight on that. Um, The other comment I wanted to make was regarding the Agenda 21. Um, my, my son actually is an Eagle Scout in the process several years ago of sitting in a local town meeting, we became more in tune with what our township is doing. And our township has a master green plan, which was drafted way back in 2005, supporting your comment of this has been going on a long time. Yeah. And that master green plan is really a trickle down of the agenda 21. That's right. And in fact, my brother, my brother works for a township in Pennsylvania. And he said, Oh, yeah, it's it's Agenda 21 in action. We do it every day. It's, And at the end of the day, I mean, besides the wisdom of God, I guess the, the human wisdom would be follow the money. And, you know, these townships have to adopt these plans because if they don't, they won't get money and they are not supported. And the money goes all the way to the U.N. So um, that's all I'd like to share today. Well, Karen, my dear one, um, uh, this is what you're doing normally. I I. I take calls from people only who have questions, but I tell you what, this is invaluable what you're sharing. And um, because I can read articles, I can talk about it, but to have you experience this and call in, 
Uh, I, I appreciate it very, very much. In fact, the more evil uh, parents are experiencing in the schools, I invite you to call in. We need to make this real for people. We need to have people um, take their parents, take their children out of school and save them. Save them from yeah. a, an evil that has come upon us somewhat subtly. It's no more subtle, and it's getting much worse. Bless you, Karen. Yeah, Thank you. Just, Go ahead. If I could, if I could just add, um, our homeschool community here in New York, the public school system does not support public, excuse me, homeschoolers. So we have a lot of groups. Most of them, you know, eighty percent of the folks in these groups are Christians. And what was interesting was we had um, been involved with a couple different groups, but the last one in his high school years was a very supportive group. It's actually a national program called Classical Conversations. And he was lucky enough to have be the only Catholic in this group, but because he was learning Latin and a lot of the great history of the church, they were very respectful in hearing the Catholic perspective. And now as an 18-year-old, because he's been homeschooled and because we've learned the truth, he is around people, obviously, we all have to be, but he uses our Catholic faith as the, the guide and the measure, if you will, and the standard. So he ha- really speaks really very intelligently about the faith and the difference. And so that I guess I wouldn't let Catholics, I think you need to be cautious because if, as you've always said, when you join a Christian prayer group, yep, you yep. you know you got to be careful, and yeah. we were very careful with that. So, anyways, I'll let you go. Thanks. Well, for your I work. applaud you, Karen. Day. I applaud you. Your son is the fruit of how he's been raised, and I applaud you for that. We should be able to be individual Catholics going into groups and and standing out and not uh, backing down on the truth. I, that's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Where's your son going to college? Um, he's actually taking some time off and just kind of exploring some different careers right now. Okay, that's um, fine. Graduated, so yeah. Okay, yeah, that's we'll that's that's. God bless you. God bless him, and may God really, really use him tenfold. Thanks, Karen. God Thank bless you. you, dear one. Bye-bye. Okay, we have a question from uh, Denise who called in a couple of days ago and left a question offline. She says, "Please tell us how to vote when almost all of the candidates, in some way, support abortion." Even President Trump, who believes it's acceptable in cases of incest and rape. Um, Denise, that's a a terrible choice when we don't have a choice, but we must at least vote for the the best of the worst, if we could put it that way. President Trump, despite his uh, uh, agreement in cases of incest and rape, Um, Anyone who believes it's acceptable in those cases does not yet understand the pro-life issue, does not yet understand the dignity of life and the person. However, President Trump, it has been said by others, and I agree, is the most pro-life president this country has ever had. And there's no question, if you have an army of people and they all support abortion and the and one supports abortion only in those two instances, there's no question who to vote for. You vote for the best of the worst. You vote so that other people who believe in abortion at will, even killing the the, uh, newborn, uh, don't get in office. You have to keep the most evil out. And so you don't refrain from voting. You refrain from the one who will promote the least evil. So uh, that's, that's... I think, uh, 
kind of a given. Okay, there's the music for our second break, beloved. And we will be back right after the break. You're welcome again to call in toll-free with anything on your heart, uh, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Emilia says, iCatholic Radio is the only radio station I listen to. It's my constant companion whether I'm in my car or walking. It's a good way to learn and to deepen my understanding about my faith. It's a source of reliable information of which we badly need in our culture. I encourage everyone to listen and support iCatholic Radio as a gateway to heaven. Another reviewer writes, at last, a radio station worth listening to. Thank you, I love it. And Deepak writes, a Catholic media treasure trove, spiritually uplifting and fun. One reviewer says, love it, love it. I'm learning so much about the Catholic faith, it makes me seriously consider conversion. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, uh, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and we are here for the next 15 minutes for your calls, your questions, your texts, your emails, a toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Diane who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, <clears throat> we first heard of you on Lighthouse Catholic Media, on a Lighthouse Catholic Media CD 
my husband and I had listened to maybe 100 of the Lighthouse CDs and were fortunate enough to listen to your conversion story. It brought me to tears when you said, why didn't anyone tell me? You have been such an inspiration to us both. We just stumbled upon, excuse me a moment. False. (laughs) Excuse me. We just stumbled upon your YouTube internet program. What a wonderful ministry you provide. We will watch from now on. We are living in such critical point in history indeed. It is frightening to say the least. We have four wonderful children. Three of them are homeschooling their children in solid Catholic education. We are so very fortunate but still worry about the world our grandchildren will be living in. Thank you for your living testimony. Well, thank you, Diane, for those good words and um, for the reality you bring to the whole situation. If a parent does not understand the the waters and they put their child into it, um, are they responsible? Of course they are, because we are responsible for knowing who and what we are turning our children over to. Um, we have a call from Ottawa, Canada. It's Annie, are you on the line? Yes, Mother, I am. Hi, Annie. Good to, good Hi, to speak Mother. with you. Thank you. Um, same here. I, I've just recently found you, and I, I just love the way you think, and I love the way that you talk, and I, and I love your—I I agree with so much of what you say. Oh, I'm glad, um, Annie. My question is, I'm a sacristan at my at my local Catholic church. Okay. Um, it's, it's quite liberal. It's quite Protestant. I'm not, I don't agree with a lot of stuff that's going on there. And recently I'd heard a program about, um, you know, the way the church has changed. And my question is this, am I doing wrong by being a sacristan at my church? There's nothing wrong with being a sacristan, but I'm wondering about your staying at that church. Why do you stay? Well, because I've got issues. I've got issues driving because my eyes are going bad. I'm old, and my eyes are going bad, and I don't. And and this is very close to me. And okay, I've that's gone, actually. I've mm-hmm. gone to a, to the the next closest church, and it's kind of even worse than than the one. Oh, help! My goodness, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I is there is there a Latin parish nearby? Have you looked well, for the closest, that? The, yeah, I have, and the closest one is I have been, It's downtown, and there's and it's very bad to go downtown. Or I've got a, a uh, my my previous priest who's very conservative. He's got a, a little parish about um, a half an hour away. Too. Yeah, it's still far so for does, you. Yeah. yeah, he does a Latin mass once a week there. Yes, okay. And so, um, you know, Annie, you're I, not you're not doing wrong. T- tell me, as as when you serve as a sacristan, what does that involve for you? Uh, for me, well, I feel I feel I'm doing I'm doing something for myself. No, but what are your God. actual responsibilities? Is what oh, I'm asking. I set I set up everything for the mass. I set up all of the okay. vessels. I set up the host. Everything I bring. I, I make sure that um, that the tabernacle has um, the the ciborium in the tabernacle has enough hosts for that mass. Or, and then I supplement with the other sporia. Um, I light the candles. I prepare all the the missal for the priest. Um, I do everything. And okay. I set up his vestments as well. Okay. 
everything is okay except you're checking the tabernacle. You must not. That's, that's what I thought. And the thing is that that's just everyone just t- tell your that way. T- tell your pre I know tell your priest that you uh, consider it an honor to be a sacristan and you wish to continue, but you no longer. Um, uh, it's it's not appropriate for anyone but the priest to go to the tabernacle, and so you'll you'll no longer be able to um, check the tabernacle, and you'd like him to do that. If he sets another person to check it because you don't want to, another lay person, then stop your stop your ministry. It has to be him, so this, or a deacon, okay. him or a deacon. Well, Nobody else has any right. We only have a right. deacon at my mass once a. Once a month. Okay. Well, the, just say, month. dear Father, um, I, I've, I, you know, uh, give um, look in the general instruction for the Roman Missal if you can online. Call Catholic Answers, and uh, speak to someone so they can uh, bring that down for you, and you can show him in writing. No one but the priest should go to that tabernacle. That's you should not I check think. the host. You should not replace it. You should have nothing to do with that. The only thing you can do is put unconsecrated uh, altar bread in a ciborium to be consecrated, but not to go to the tabernacle. Okay, that's what I thought. If he fights you on that, he's being a sacristan. Um, Yeah, well, see, I'm I'm considering that in any case because you ask him a question and you get a shrug or he laughs and, you know. So. Well, I'm sorry that you have to go to a parish like that, Annie, but... um, you're serving God, and again, if the priest will not um, be reverent uh, and uh, certainly about uh, going to the tabernacle, you know, in the Old Testament, you would have been struck dead if you did that. No. Um, Can I ask you one more question, please? Y- yes, go ahead, um, Annie. Um, lay people bring bring the consecrated ciborium from the tree because, unfortunately, God is in a closet, not and not in his not in his living room, at this church. And so, lay people bring the ciboria, the cibor- the consecrated ciborium from the tabernacle to the altar during mass. Is that wrong? It's wrong. Absolutely. Lay people need to stay out of that. It's only for the priest to do. And if you can, if you can have it in writing rather than just giving him what he's going to think is your conservative opinion, you're one of those. You know, if you can um, get it in writing from the general instruction to the Roman Missal of of the rubrics of the Mass and who is to go to the tabernacle, uh, the lay people may not bring it and they may not put it back. That's going to change the whole everything of the mass then for for that church, and I doubt very seriously that he'll go along. I know, I know. That's why I said if there's any way you can go to a different parish, but if you cannot, then cease being a sacristan and stay out of it altogether. Yeah, I think so. All right, thank you so much for everything that you say, and God bless, Mother. Thank you, dear Annie. Thank you. We have an email from Gemma who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm listening to your commentary on the Pope's signing a document on new humanism. It troubled me to hear it from you. Obviously, you're not in agreement. Um, My question is, have you spoken to your local bishop about this? before speaking up on air or speaking to the Pope directly, at least to find out first whether there's something wrong in his conduct. Because what you have said creates division. 
we should be united to the Pope because we recognize him as Christ on earth. In my opinion, um, we should solve problems in the right channel. Please reply to me for my own peace of mind. Thank you for reading my message. Gemma, um, what I was uh, sharing, so to speak, on the Pope uh, uh, concerning the new humanism and the uh, in, in, in line with the Amazonian Synod that is going to begin on October 6th, I was reading, not giving you my opinion, I was reading directly from a, a document co-authored by Cardinal Raymond Burke and Bishop Snyder. And as far as speaking to the Pope directly, they and uh, the four cardinals who wrote the, what is known as the dubia, the questions, um, and uh, thousands of people who signed a document written to the Pope, the Pope has never, ever responded to anybody, not lay people, not bishops, not cardinals. He said he wants dialogue. He invites criticism, but he never answers it. He does not dialogue. And so I'm not, I would not give my opinion. I'm, I'm telling you what the high prelates, um, uh, Cardinal Burke is the highest canon law of the church. I'm telling you what these prelates have written, begging the Pope to uh, clarify and reverse his actions. And um, the Pope has said he wants the church to have an Amazonian face, the face of the Amazon. And in fact, the only face the church is to have is the face of Christ, nobody else and nothing else. Um, and that's what the Pope should have, the face of Christ. He is truly Christ to us on earth. And what he's doing, what he's saying, what he's writing, what he's signing, what he's agreeing with, what he's planning, is everything against what Christ has given. So um, I cannot speak on my own authority. I have no authority. But I, I, I'm grieved at what's happening. And when I see articles by Cardinal Burke, Bishop Snyder, Cardinal Mueller, others of high rank in the church, good theologians who know what they're speaking about and do have the, not only the authority, but the responsibility to speak, yes, I can read what they say, and that's what I'm doing. I'm reading what they say, and they... Just like Paul, when he confronted our first Pope Peter in the book of Galatians, they have not only the right to confront the Pope with error, they have the absolute duty and responsibility. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I have read that the Catholic Church is thinking of using married men to celebrate Mass, but I read that this only applies to remote areas of the Amazon. The Synod is also considering the ordination of women deacons. Do you think that this will change the church forever or not? I have been reading about these things on the Our Lady of the Roses website. I would appreciate your comments. Well, it is the, uh, the scandal of the Amazon Synod that they are considering ordaining married men and therefore abolishing celibacy for priests, uh, if you're married, um, and that, um, the, and they're considering the ordination of women deacons. 
Um, I've read recently that that synod has no right to consider either of those things. Um, But yes, it's being spoken of. Will it change the church? Of course it will. Of course it'll change the church. Will it change the church forever? I can't predict the future. It will add to the present destruction of the church. That is for sure. The present confusion, debauchery, irreverence, lack of holiness, falseness, and destruction. It will add to all of that. But I keep in mind uh, always that our Lord said he will, he will lead his church into all truth to the end of time. And so even if um, certain things are declared um, acceptable, if it's against Scripture, then it's wrong. Uh, wrong doesn't become right because the Pope says so. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Uh, truth doesn't change. Truth uh, is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, 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 it always is. Truth is. It does not change. And so will it destroy the church forever? Will it change the church forever? Uh, not forever because in the end, Um, Christ is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So it won't be forever, but it will be for a time on earth. And uh, God help uh, all the prelates, the magisterium, uh, the the, the bishops in union with her who who agree to this utter debauchery. So it will cause great harm to the church, which has also been already been caused great harm. We need to pray. There's a new, brand new document, uh, again by Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder. The last one talks to, talked about the six six major heresies in the working document um, of the uh, Amazon Synod. The new one um, speaks of. Um, uh, the, the um, let's say the imperative for for them for the for the Pope and those involved to be corrected publicly. Uh, God established that in His Church right from the beginning. We must correct those errors and not let the sheep be led astray. All I'm doing here again is reading what our shepherds have written. Um, and yes, if it's truth, we obey God and not man. The Pope is not infallible. He's infallible only when he teaches uh, moral and doctrine matters that are binding on the faithful. Nothing the Pope has ever been taught is binding on the faithful. We would know it because he would say so. God bless you, beloved. We'll be with you in the morning. I look forward to it. Love God with all your heart and get your children out of public school.